Okay, so this segment is going to be about the Dallas Cowboys. So for those that don't really like the Dallas Cowboys or NFL football, I guess don't listen. (laughs) However, I mean listen if you so choose. Um, I'm going to get off my chest basically everything that I've been texting or saying to friends, co-workers, other fellow Dallas Cowboy fans. I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since probably Jackie Smith, who played tight end for the Cowboys. I believe it was Super Bowl... It was against the Steelers. I'm trying to say if it was 1978 or 1979, so I'd have been like eight or nine years old. So... I've been watching football that long. I can remember watching it with my dad, and we had a neighbor. We lived on Waterview Lane over in Dallas. I could actually take you to that street today, and I could actually take you to the house. It was over by White Rock Lake in East Dallas. So this older gentleman, and I believe he was retired military or had been in the military or Vietnam or something from when I remember it's like I said I'm 51 years old so this is a while ago Um, but we watched that Super Bowl and I just remember the reaction of my dad and this guy I don't remember his name and just I mean I wasn't so quite enmeshed into you know, the Dallas Cowboys at that point, because I'm eight, nine years old. But I'm beginning to understand. You know, I, I was, my, my dad, if anyone that knew my dad, um, he said that, you know, he worked when he was in high school, or he worked at the Cotton Bowl and sold cotton candy, and when the Cowboys played at the Cotton Bowl before the Texas Stadium was built, when Don Meredith was playing for him. You know, he'd always say he bleeds blue on Sundays. And as a young boy growing up in Dallas, Texas, uh, there were basically two seasons. There was football season and there was baseball season. That's it. I mean, there wasn't hockey. Uh, there There was basketball, but... It wasn't in Dallas. The Dallas Mavericks didn't come along to the early 80s. So growing up here, I mean, it was Dallas Cowboys. You have to, it's hard to understand and really to get people to understand. It's kind of like when you grow up in Texas too. People don't understand why people are so, that grow up that are Texans, that grew up in Texas, love Texas. But that's another segment for another day. Um, For this segment, I'm talking about this, you know, religion, if you will, of football and as it pertains to the Dallas Cowboys. So I was watching them in the playoffs there in that Super Bowl, and then they lost. And then, you know, Roger Staubach was quarterback, number 12. Everybody had a Roger Staubach jersey. Everybody wanted to be Roger Staubach. Tony Dorsett, number 33. Randy White, number 54. Ed Tutal Jones. I mean, I could name them all. I used to go to McDonald's, the 
the McDonald's stores had <clears throat> would have the Dallas Cowboy team poster. They would have a team picture and they would have a team poster. And I would I would get the team poster every season and I would put it up in my room and then I would circle my favorite players on that team. And, you know, they had, you know, there was Drew Pearson, there was Tony Hill, uh, you had Harvey Martin, you had Everson Walls, you had um, Robert Newhouse, there was uh, some of the other uh, defensive players, uh, can't think of their names right off the top of my head, but so I was just Dallas Cowboys, and... and after that Super Bowl they lost to the Steelers, <clears throat> the 80s came around. Then basketball came with the Mavericks and Dick Mata and Mark Aguirre and all those guys. Um, Dallas hit a low point. Um, and they hit a low point for for like over 10 years uh, until the early 90s. I mean, uh, when, you know, and Tom Landry, for me, I had my grandpa... Wayman Dale, trustee, deacon, I call him Papa. Uh, you know, there were there were two men I revered most in my life. I love my dad, but my dad and I had a very, you know, growing up it was it was uh, a lot different than it was later on in life. Uh, anyhow, but the man I most revered in my life growing up was my grandpa. Uh, you know, he walked on water, and then Tom Landry was like it was those two men i mean <laughs> you know tom landry i mean gosh so you know watching that man was just so you know the ieds come along they trade for herschel walker at one point they get him you know they're a little more competitive but they would they had games back in the 80s when the bears were at their peak and the giants had lawrence taylor they were getting stomped i mean the the cowboys were terrible in the 80s they were horrible I mean, they absolutely were terrible. I mean, 1989, they finished 1-15, Troy Aikman's rookie season. He got knocked out. I mean, they had, they had Michael Irvin then and Troy Aikman. I mean, they had, you know, they, they, they had, you know, Tom Landry was still coach, and then Jerry Jones takes over the team and fires Tom Landry, which was terrible. Which, again, he's probably still... Some people may say that the Boston Red Sox did never win a World Series for years, for decades, because of the curse of Bambino, because trading the greatest baseball player that ever lived. Um, or, you know, the Chicago Cubs and the goat curse. Um, there's there's other superstitions and curse, but, but sports is about that, and other uh, sports uh, leagues. You know, so the Cowboys have had decades and years of, of we, we were bad. I mean, just terrible. Like, so, but, you know, growing up in the 70s, I mean, the Cowboys had already won basically uh, two Super Bowls. They had been to four. I think uh, had been to four. So they had won two. So, you know, they were, they should have been, if they had beaten Pittsburgh Steelers in that Super Bowl uh, when I believe it was Jackie Smith, I think he was 79 that was, I think Terry Brad. that was either his last Super Bowl the, or the one right, or it was right before that because I can't remember, I think they played the Rams at, no I'm sorry, the next year after they beat Dallas, I think the next year they had played the Rams or the Eagles but anyway, 
the Dallas would have been the team of the 70s. They would have been the team of the 70s. So Steelers got that title, right? So now we fast, we go to 80, 81, you know, uh, Danny White takes over. Stahlback had retired. And along come the 49ers. And this guy, Joe Montana from Notre Dame. And they've got this Bill Walsh uh, offensive guru doing this West Coast offense. Well, that NFC Championship game, to this day, it still hurts. Like, I cried. I was 11 years old, 10 or 11. I legitimately, I can remember that as like it was yesterday, crying when Dwight Clark caught that ball. But the interesting thing is, when you look at the last play, the series of play, Dallas had the ball. Danny White was quarterback. Tony Dorsett. I mean, they had the whole team. Randy White, Tutal Jones. They had all these great players. And they lost a fumble. But had there been instant replay, it wouldn't have been a fumble. But whatever. So, then 49ers win. Dallas is competitive for a few more years. And then, you know, they're they're irrelevant for, for a while. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Johnson comes along and, you know, gets the team going and gets draft picks by trading Herschel Walker and after they had gotten him. And uh, then all of a sudden, they start winning. And then they win the first two Super Bowls, and then Jimmy's gone, and they win a third. And, you know, so then Dallas is, you know, the team of the 90s. And so along, then then that, that, that era moves along, right? So then we have... Several quarterbacks between Aikman and then Romo. We had, oh, a bunch. And in between that time, between the Aikman and the Romo years, Dallas was not very competitive. I mean, they would eh, they would tease a little bit, but they weren't very good. That was, that was, that reminded me of the time between Staubach um, and, well, let's say Staubach, Danny White, and Troy Aikman. Uh, they weren't very competitive. So... Romo comes along, and we start becoming competitive. You know, going to playoffs, winning games, fun to watch. Like, you know, it sucks as a fan of any of any team. As a fan, fan short for fanatic. It sucks, right? When you have to watch any game that your team is playing in, and they're getting just beat down. Like, not even. I mean just beat down it's no fun and that's the way the cowboys were for i can remember getting shut they got shut out by the chicago bears one time 44 to nothing i mean it was bad that's when buddy ryan was coaching um i think maybe aikman might have been quarterback that might have been when johnson had taken over and um uh or or maybe that was before i can't remember but anyhow so now we're in a Romo years, and then Dallas is getting a little bit better, and then we go through a few head coaches, and uh, then we draft Dak Prescott, and now we're kind of now at the Dak years, and we've got this core of talent, and me being 51 years old, now I'm older than pretty much all the players on the team. I, all these years being a Cowboys fan in my lifetime, I've always been you know, you either younger or the same age as the ones that are playing on the field. Now I'm older than like any of the players on the Cowboys roster. And it, it, I, what I saw this year, and people, I have family, I have friends, they think I'm a, just, 
I'm such I'm such a Cowboys lover that I don't I'm not able to be critical of them, but I am. But the I mean I've got I'm a I have a room that's a game room that's all Cowboy stuff. I mean I've been a Cowboys fan. I, I was in the military in the Air Force over 20 years. I've traveled all around the world, and I've always had. I was in Korea for a year, and I had Dallas Cowboy memorabilia, or I had a Dallas Cowboys T-shirt, or a ball cap, or, or whatever. And people would say, "Oh, you're a Cowboys fan," and you either get one or two reactions, right? You get, "Oh yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan too," even though they're not from Texas or from Dallas. In fact, I've probably met just as many Cowboy fans not from Texas or Dallas that grew up Cowboy fans. Or you get people that hate or despise the Cowboys. Now, the people that hate or despise them, whatever. I mean, that's your choice. Who cares? Um, You know, and some people have, you know, because their team played in the division like Eagles, Redskins, Giants, or you know, longtime rivals like the Niners and and you know some other teams, but growing up, I'm, I've always been the diehard. I mean, diehard, diehard. I'll never not be a fan. I'll never not root for my team. The only time I didn't watch was the year of uh, coronavirus in 2020, uh, last season, uh, for a lot of different reasons: the Black Lives Matter protest and coronavirus, no fans in the stands or whatever. I'm just like, you know what? I took, I took, I did. And I didn't do any fantasy football or anything. I still don't do uh, as much as what I did. Uh, so they played the Niners on Sunday, this wild card game. And what I saw was they they need – Kellen Moore is a good offensive coordinator. I think he's got a lot of good potential. But I think they need to bring in someone older as a consultant like they've done in the past, either – you know, North Turner or somebody to come in to kind of, kind of help this kid a little bit. Um, you know, I like the defensive coordinator. If we lose him, we can hire somebody within. They could go get Vic, Vic Fangio or Mike Zimmer. Um, Dak, I believe Dak has all the tools. Dak's, Dak, Dak needs to go to Tom Brady's. Like he needs to go like train with Tom Brady in the off season. He does, or Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, one of those two guys. He needs to go train with them because I saw too much indecisiveness with Dak after he got injured with the calf. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. It was almost like that interrupted sort of his flow. And it just like, so he needs a reset. He needs to get 100% healthy. Zeke needs to get 100% healthy. Uh, Tyron Smith, you know, any of the other core players, Zach Martin, Demarcus Lawrence, they got Trayvon Diggs. They got the safety, Micah Parsons. They've got a good core players. Dallas doesn't lack talent. They got some pieces that they just need to add. And then the penalties are easy to fix. I mean, penalties are like you know the rules, right? Where you work. I look at it like this. Penalties are like you know, there's rules for driving down the road. You know what the speed limit is, right? You know to give your blinker. You know to um, not tailgate somebody. All these kinds of things, right? Football, when these men and their men get paid millions of dollars, some, uh, most, to do one thing, right? To practice, 
work out, stay in shape, learn a playbook, depending on their position, and know the rules, right? So it comes down to the players, because coaches can only do so much. I mean, coaches can put them in game situations. Coaches run, you know, come up with the plays. Coaches need to devise ways to break down the opponents, uh, you know, find the opponents' weaknesses, find ways to score, find ways to keep them from scoring and to execute, right? So as a, as a coach can only do so much. Like I coached third, I coached when I was living in Colorado Springs for 18 plus years. I had a real good friend of mine. He had a grandson. His grandson. He he was playing uh, football. They had U eight, U ten, and it was U uh, eight uh, football tackle. All these boys are like, you know, third grade, fourth grade, third grade. So some a little bigger than others, right? But this is tackle, eleven on eleven. You know, kicking field goals, like two point conversions. You know, regular regular field, right? Well, I was helping coach, and I was like a positions coach, right? I was doing, I would help on defense, but I was like uh, defensive line, linebackers, you know, more of like, and then I would also help a little bit on the offense, like maybe the offensive line blocking and stuff. Now, I played tight end. I played football from basically the third grade all the way to high school, and I probably should have paid more attention to the coaches and should have really worked out harder and done a lot of things to get make myself a better player. But I knew in football I was limited. So I stu- so I really played, I was really, I knew baseball was, was the one thing that, that I could excel at. But I could still be competitive in football. So anyway, I coached these kids, helped, and we went undefeated one year. This is in Colorado, we're in Colorado, we beat teams in Denver, and we went undefeated, beat every team we played. Now, at any level, it's difficult to go undefeated. And I just remember teaching these kids the basics, like just telling them, and we would coach them and coach them and coach them up, and we'd have practice and practice and practice, right? And you can only practice so much to when you get to the game, right, and the players get on the field, and you try to tell them, okay, remember what we did, remember what we practiced, remember what we did, like, you know, don't jump off sides, right? They're going to do it. Tell them, don't jump off sides, and they still jump off sides. The same thing happens in the NFL. The same thing happens in college, and they still jump off sides. Or tell the offensive line, don't move, don't move. Watch the ball, watch the ball. What do they do? They still move. Happens at every level. So those kinds of mistakes, players are the ones to be held accountable. The players need to hold each other accountable the players are the professionals mind you again professionals they get paid this is their job they're so besides endorsements and whatever else maybe they got some side hustles going on but this is their job so if you want to be the best at your job then you need to practice and you need to pay attention to detail so when it comes down to the execution of the game then it is on it's it's, a, it's, it's the coaching, but then again, it's also the players. So as coaches, if the players aren't getting it or if the players are not practicing well, then you need to do something about that. You need to 
you know, come up with a different game plan, come up with a different way to practice, come up with a different way to execute, approach things or whatever. So I look at the game against San Francisco. And what I saw was an underutilization of some of their skilled players on offense. And I saw on defense, they didn't pressure the quarterback enough at key moments and they gave him too much time. And I didn't see near enough pressure on him as what I think they should have done and from different angles and different things. I mean, they had the best defensive player on the entire field on both sides of the ball and Micah Parsons. The best player by far. No one's better. And I would have used him all over the field I would have had San Francisco guessing they would whether he was going to cover Debo Sap, Debo Samuel, which he should have covered Debo. When you knew it's a third and long, or you knew it was a key down, you know they're going to go to him. So why don't you put Micah Parsons on him? Or if he's not in the game, then he's not a threat. Then you need to blitz Micah Parsons from all over. I just didn't. So Dan Quinn was did real good, but I didn't see enough creativity. I didn't see enough of that in from him. So that that was disappointing. Um, on offense, the offensive line they have got to shore that up. Now, mind you, Dak missed throws. Dak missed reads. He did not. He did not read the defense quick enough. That's something he can improve on. That's on him. He's getting paid seventy million dollars. He can work on that and get better, and he should. However, they need to get a new center. They need to get a new left guard. And they need to work on getting more. They have they've had Dalton Schultz, but they haven't had a good safety valve since Jason Witten and or Cole Beasley. So Dak doesn't really have that guy on third down to get that short first down like he did, like he used to. He had Witten and he had Beasley, and then they both, one retired and one, one left to go to Buffalo. So he needs to get find that. I don't. Dalton Schultz was kind of like that. I don't know. Um, you know, I think CeeDee Lamb should be that person, but CeeDee Lamb is some games drops the easiest plays, and, you know, he's he can beat any of those defenders out there. It could be Amari Cooper, but sometimes Amari just disappears, so I don't know. Um, So those are the things that I see with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Going forward, uh, I would draft, you know, for offensive line or defensive line. I don't think they need to go after a cornerback with that top pick. I think they can find someone else later rounds or free agency, and they they need to add... Offensive line, center, need to add defensive tackle or defense or defensive end, linebacker. You know, deep, uh, always have uh, you know a defensive back. A cornerback is always good. Maybe uh, you know throw in a, a, another wide receiver potentially or whatever. A running back, but they're not lacking for you know a ton. They really are not. I mean, they finished twelve and five. <laughs> They beat. They went undefeated in their division. Yeah, everybody says the NFC East is terrible, but you know what? They get paid too, man. They're professional players, so I don't care. 
how you say it, they still got to show up on Sunday and lace them up and play. They get paid to play too. But going forward with the uh, the playoffs, I don't really care. <laughs> my passion for the game overall pretty much lives and dies with my team. I'm not really enthusiastic about the NFL as a whole, so I'm not really going to waste my time sitting down watching the game. I'll catch highlights on my phone or catch the scores. But if I had to pick a team at this point, it's probably going to be either Green Bay or Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Most likely Green Bay, just because I think they – I think it's a wash between him and Tom Brady. So when it comes down to it, I just think uh, Green Bay's got a better uh, defense and they've got just a few more weapons on offense. So Tom Brady's shorthanded. But I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady, you know. Uh, on the AFC side, you know, I'd like to see Tennessee go. I think that'd be awesome. Um, you know, they've got to play. Uh, They've got, you got uh, what, Buffalo and Kansas City playing, and you got the Bengals going to uh, Tennessee. Joe Burrow's a heck of a quarterback, good young quarterback, but I don't think they've got enough uh, to beat Tennessee. I think it'll be close. It'll be tight. I think uh, if Derrick Henry comes back and is able to run the ball uh, somewhat, take some pressure off of Tannehill, um, I think Tennessee can win this game. Uh, I'm going to say the Bills beat the Chiefs. I think – I think the Bills, I think Josh, man, Josh Allen, I saw, we, we saw him play at Wyoming against Air Force Academy. That guy's amazing. I mean, you're talking two strong arm quarterbacks that run all over the place, that make plays with their feet and their arm. I mean, those guys are, those guys are, and him and Patrick Mahomes or something else. But I'll take the Bills. I, I, I kind of feel for them. They, they haven't won a Super Bowl. Dallas beat them, New York Giants beat them. So, uh, so it'd be kind of neat to see uh, the Bills and the Titans, and who knows? Um, I'm not an AFC fan necessarily, but Tennessee used to be the Houston Oilers, so I'll go for Tennessee. Uh, so, anyhow, that's kind of where I stand and my take on, on everything. You know, it's uh, it's that time of year where, uh, I mean, I'm not watching the NBA because uh, I'm never going to watch them again because they support China and they're overpaid and they don't really play basketball anymore, so... I maybe need to start watching a little bit of hockey. Uh, maybe I will, but I'm kind of ready for baseball season. So that's that. Uh, need to start probably getting in on the podcast a little bit more and maybe start talking more about sports and staying away from politics. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And I didn't ramble too much, but I was just giving him my two cents on uh, the Cowboys and and the NFL and the playoffs overall. So, uh, by the way, it was a heck of a national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. I was glad to see Georgia win, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so, hope you guys have a great evening and uh, tune in next time. And see ya. <laughs>